Welcome to the Disciple Making Leader Podcast, your resource for exploring the world of disciple making and leadership within the church. Discover Jesus' strategy for raising up leaders, growing the church, and multiplying a movement. Let's jump into today's episode and explore the power of a disciple making leader. Well, welcome to the Disciple Making Leader Podcast. This is episode eight, and uh, excited to to be leaning into this conversation with my good friend, Craig Etheridge. My name is Glenn Underhill. I am not only the pastor of spiritual development at Cross Creek Church, I also serve as the executive director for Disciple First, who is the the host of this podcast. And uh, so excited, again, like I just said, to be joined by my good friend, Craig Etheridge. We've been talking about um, a book that you recently wrote called The Disciple-Making Leader. Uh, we have been unpacking over the last seven episodes this whole idea of, of the fact that you know, we don't just want leaders, we want disciple-making leaders. And we, and we believe that you can look into the life of Jesus and see that he had a very strategic process, a very strategic plan in place to not only make disciples who make disciples, but also to raising up um, you know, disciple-making leaders who would continue to to build a movement of multiplication of multiplying disciples who would then carry on the work of ministry. Uh, and so, uh, you know, Craig, why don't you introduce yourself real quick and uh, let us know who you are uh, real quickly for those that might be this might be their first time listening to our podcast. Yeah, all right, brother Glenn, thank you, man. Uh, it's great to be here. Great to be in the studio and talking about this great stuff. I mean, we're we're excited about it. We're passionate about it. We're we're fired up about it. Uh, I'm Craig Etheridge, pastor at Cross Creek Church in the DFW area. Uh, Dallas Fort Worth area in Texas, and um, yeah, we're we're here talking about how do we raise up and aggregate more and more and more disciple making leaders. And Glenn and I, you you and I were. Uh, Man, over a year ago, we were sitting here going, okay, what, what are we doing here? I mean, we keep recruiting people, and we're kind of chasing after that that uh, that superstar kind of leader, but but we're not seeing that kind of leader really aggregate and raise up leaders around them. And we're like, man, you know, how do we create disciple-making leaders that move up? And really, we want leaders like this in every layer of the organization that are investing and training and developing other leaders like them that are walking with God, but, and then serving in their giftedness. And it, and we just came to realize that, you know, the best person that has ever done this is Jesus. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so we would just kind of, everything, go, everything ends up with go back to what did Jesus, Jesus do, right? right? It's kind of like, duh, duh, you know, I mean, duh, you know, so we're, <laughs> we're like, okay, let's go back. How did Jesus aggregate? I mean, he started with guys that were just pretty raw, right? right. I mean, these fishermen, they were, they were pretty raw. And he was able to take them through a process that not only led them to grow spiritually as a disciple, but also to grow in their leadership so as to lead the, a disciple-making movement yep. and because he left it in their hands. And so we began to look at, we'd always, we had been you know looking at the disciple ship process, the disciple uh, growing process uh, of Jesus, but but we kind of started twisting it kind of like you do a diamond. You know, you turn it, you know, and you see a different perspective of how Jesus developed disciple-making leaders. And so that's really what this book is is about, is how did Jesus develop disciple-making leaders at every layer of the organization. So today we're talking about 
team leads. Yeah. And uh, yeah. that's that's very exciting. Yeah, we talked about self-leader last week uh, that, you know, as you're moving someone up the pipeline of leadership, it starts with that self-leader. Right. But then as they begin to move um, down the pathway – they're also, there may be, because of giftings and skills, moving now can move up on that pipeline to this next layer of what we call a team leader. So why don't we do it like what we did on our last podcast? Let's just start with, because uh, I think the book does a great job of just kind of um, giving a definition. So I think maybe we should just start there as we did even like our last podcast. Start, what is the, how do you define a, a team leader. Yeah. So a team leaders are those who volunteer in your ministry. They're not asked. Uh, I'm sorry. They're volunteering your ministry and who are leading a team of people to accomplish a ministry task. So they, they are given um, uh, the task of, of leading a team. Now this team could be anywhere from two to three people. Right. Or it could be up to, you know, 10 people or so, you know, we, we wouldn't consider, uh, a team is like 50 people probably. Right. You know, so you have to consider span of care. You know, in our church, we really try to keep uh, span of care no more than five or six or so people that you're having oversight to just because it's really hard to to oversee that, that many people. Um, but let's say you've got a team of five or six people and they're making coffee or they're greeting or they're in the parking lot or they're working with students or they're working with uh, children or they're they're in communications and they're you know they're taking pictures they're photographers or videographers or whatever the case may be there's scads of ways that you can have team leads but basically these are the people that are overseeing a team to accomplish a ministry task and you know Glenn I, I really think that these are the people that set the tone for how ministry is done because if you have a great team leader Man, everybody just loves working there, right? They love volunteering there. They want to be a part of it. That team leader creates a culture that is um, infectious and contagious. But if you have a bad team leader, people are jumping ship like crazy. I remember when I was in uh, in college, uh, I, I had two team leaders that really stood out to me. One, one worked on the highway department one time when I was in college. <laughs> Man, talk about a hard job. I mean, it's 110 degrees out there in the Texas heat, and we're shoveling hot mix. It's 450 degrees, and this is terrible. And the guy that led the team that I was with, <coughs> excuse me, he was a uh, man. He was he was leathered by the sun. Man, he had been in. He, he was he was a short guy. He was probably about five two or three. Man, real you know real thin. He'd been in the highway department his whole life. Uh, I mean, his his skin was just just leather, being outside all the time. Had no teeth, like the the end of his chin nearly touched the tip of his nose. And he would pack his mouth full of tobacco, you know. And it, every every time he talked, it would just come out. <laughs> and this guy, every other word was a profanity. I mean, every other. I mean, I almost. I, I was shocked at the creativity of how he could lay and link certain words together and, and actually make a sentence. And I was like, wow, how does he put all those profane words together? Uh, it was impressive. And But he was just terrible. He was always negative. You college boys, we're going to work you in the ground. Yeah, I mean, he was just terrible, you know? I could not wait for that summer to be over. Mm. But I also remember when I was in high school, I was working at a clothing store and Max was the the leader of that clothing store. And Max um, took an interest in me. 
He knew my parents. He gave me this job. He coached me up on how to match clothes together. He taught me how to run the cash register. He he even put me in charge of th- some things and let me reorganize some of the stocking areas. And then at one point, he let me you know close up and open up. And I mean, here I'm in high school, and I'm I had a lot of responsibility. And he trusted me. He invested in me. Um, even even when I was having. Uh, dating issues, you know, I would go over to his house and he'd pray for me and encourage me. I mean, I, I look back at those two different team leads and they could not be more worlds apart. Mm. One of them didn't care about me, one did. You know, one was, um, gave me opportunity, one didn't. You know, one one really wanted to see me do well and the other one just wanted to push me down. And I think that probably, you probably have had the same type of thing um, that team leader really sets the tone for how that whole team functions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and it's 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 a really good spot right here to just to mention the fact that you know a, a you know a team leader in any any church might look a little bit different than from here than it might look who we have in those functions in those roles might look different from one church to the next. But it, this idea that is 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 someone who's giving some leadership to a group of people. So when like in our context, that would be a small group leader does have some of those responsibilities because they're giving oversight to that connect group um, and leading that. And they have people who have various roles within that group, but they're giving leadership to that team and, and to the, to the, the total group. It also could be the person that's ahead of our, 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 you know, a captain on our on our greeting team and the parking lot team. I know we have a guy here who does a phenomenal job. He's a great team lead on our. Uh, we have shuttle shuttles because of our parking lot and situation. And so, you know, he's got a team of people that are working for him, and he, you know, he works that really well and gets them where they need to be doing what they're doing. So, um, you know, I it's just going to look a little bit different based on what your context looks like, but you're right that it is very critical that, uh, that these team leaders uh, be, be, be really good at what they're doing because they can make or break that experience for not only the others that are serving underneath them, but also those that are, you know, that are, are coming in and out of, of whatever particular piece that might be for the overall mission. So when, when we think about that, let's, let's go back to this idea. What are some of the distinctives of a team leader uh, that would be important for us to consider as we're, we're kind of taking a deeper dive into this team leader position? Yeah, that's really important. And, and this is where moving from a volunteer in a ministry into a team lead role Really, Glenn, requires you to kind of shift your thinking a little bit. Every time you move up to a different level in the leadership pipeline, you're having to shift your focus. And for example, as a volunteer, you're just there to do the job. Okay, so if I'm if I'm a volunteer in the coffee ministry, I'm the one brewing the coffee. I'm the one transporting it. I'm the one pouring it up and handing it out, and that's super important. But if I'm a team leader over a team of coffee people, I may not be as as focused on doing the work 
of getting the coffee transporter handed out, but I am more interested in how we work as a team together to do the work. Does right. that make sense? Makes perfect and sense. And so that's yeah. a little bit different. Now I'm thinking, okay, do I have the right people in the right spot? You know, how well are they interfacing with people? How well are they working as a team? Where are the problems that we need to have in working as a team? So the team leaders really focused primarily on the team and how the team is doing and how the team is uh, developing and the individuals within the team, how are they doing? Am I shepherding them well? Am I caring for them? That kind of thing. Uh, then just getting the coffee handed out. Right. And, uh, and one of the things that is a, is a, a big challenge is a lot of times if you're really good at doing something, if you're a doer, and then you're put in a leadership position. You, you'll you'll kind of knock that person aside. Well, let me, let me show you how to do it. And then they then you're like doing it for them. And they're like, well, then why am I even here? Yeah, yeah. And that's a danger, right? That is a and, danger. And that's where um, you know there has to be uh, you know again, like you said, there has to be a shift from doing to to leading. And yep. and it might take a little bit of time for that to kind of work itself out, but there has to be a willingness to say, it may not look exactly how I would have done it right. in the sense of, um, hey, exactly like I did it, but I am, I'm leading through them and, and I'm going to encourage and strengthen and equip them uh, to, to do what they do, uh, to, you know, really, really well. So again, I, I think that, that first one of the shift from doing to accomplishing the work and, and and to me that that is again a giant shift yeah. um, and one that will need a constant you know constant watch and 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 constant being uh, as as the next layer up they're looking for that and making sure that's really happening and that that person's not just ending up doing all the work and and letting the other you know the other self leaders just kind of you know kind of just kind of fumble along and right. and, and or watch stand around and watch. watch yeah <laughs> that's yeah. what ends up happening it's it can and definitely. then they're like so. why am i why am i here you don't need me and so yeah a shift from doing the work yourself to accomplishing it through the team that's a big distinctive let me give you another one and that is that the team leader focuses on the team they lead not just what needs to be done so i kind of alluded to this before but you're really thinking about you know um are they okay spiritually? Am I having spiritual conversations? Some of the things we talked about in our last podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I having spiritual conversations with every member of the team? Do I know where they stand spiritually? How are they going? What's going on at home? What are they dealing with? How how am I caring and shepherding them? Uh, that's a that's a really important function of the team leader, and uh, many times that can get. Unfortunately, I don't know why. I mean, as a church, you would think we'd be on it, but so many times we're so focused on the task that we're not really focused on the people doing that task. And the team leader's job is to really uh, not only make sure the task is getting done, but make sure the people doing that task on their team are being well shepherded and cared for. Yeah. Can you think of, um, Glenn, I'm kind of putting you on a spot here, but can you think of somebody that does that well or you in times when you've seen somebody really do that well where they really care for their team super well? Yeah, you know, I, I think about, um, you know, uh, like one of our connect group uh, leaders. I mean, he's, he's really fantastic about um, letting each member of that leadership team in their connect group do their, their area of ministry really well. And, and he doesn't assert himself into, to it. He just, he's there, he's available, he's watching, he's observing. Um, he, 
he works in his he you know he does his lane, but he allows the expression of those leaders, uh, the, the the hospitality team to do their hospitality well on Sunday mornings. Uh, the, the 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 care team, you know, he's making sure they're that they're actually caring for people, and he's following up and making sure that care team leader is making sure care is happening well in that group. Um, you know, the 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 teachers. I mean, he they have a, a specific lead teacher that works on the teaching team, but he's coordinating with that that teacher to make sure, hey, you know, do we have the 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 um, the schedule for who's teaching and and just making sure that those things are functioning well uh, and 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 so on and so forth. He uh, but th- they he is fantastic and he does it super well um, and 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 does a does a really good job. I, I think about. Um, you know, we have some some folks in our our kids ministry who um, are you know in the, in the nursery area, and they might be a team lead in a particular room, and they're doing a really good job of of making sure that those people that are volunteering in there are you know caring for babies well, and as babies are brought to the door, that moms and dads are greeted warmly and. And and then they're constantly encouraging them. Hey, you did a great job with that. Or hey, you know, next time let's you know let's think about this. Or you know, when those when those parents come back, you know, they're you know they're constantly evaluating, watching all of that, and 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 really helping lead their team to doing that ministry task really well. Yeah, I think that again, the team lead is a make or break, and so who you put in that team lead position is really important, and so probably the best place to look for team leaders are high capacity volunteers, people that are volunteering in that role. They seem to have a sense of excellence or upbeat. You see, you're looking at them who could step up and lead this team. Maybe you have them just do it for a week or two, just to, Hey, I need you to step up and lead this team for this week. You know, I'm going to be doing something different and it gives you a chance to observe them. But the best volunteers that are passionate and have it they could step up and give leadership to that team mm-hmm. but then when they do you got to make sure they're not doing all the work themselves that they're really shepherding the team themselves and then the third thing is that the team leader really creates health and cooperation within the team um, that they lead in other words they're like you described, they're making sure everybody's doing their lane. They make sure the work is getting done. They're not heavy handed. They're encouraging. Uh, they're coaching when needed, but they're allowing the people under them to flourish. That's what a great team leader does. In fact, in the book on page 138, I really contrast good team leaders and bad team leaders. And I'm not going to read through all of them. There, there are several here. But just to give you a little flavor of it, a good team leader organizes the work of the team. A bad team leader uh, is is disorganized and frantic. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, A good team leader invites input from the team. A bad team leader thinks their way is the only way. You know, a good team leader delegates clearly and appropriately. A bad team leader does the job themselves. You know, a a good team leader elevates the team members to higher levels of leadership. A bad team leader holds people down. And it just goes on and on and on like that. But I think, um, Glenn, it's maybe good for those listening to us to say, okay, who are the team leads in our different departments? Can, Can I... Can I write their names down? Do we know who the team leaders are? And then how well are we training these people? What are we doing to uh, 
recruit new team leaders? What are we doing to assess their ability? What are we doing to prepare them before they step in that leadership role to warn them about these uh, pitfalls that they might fall into? Uh, how do we make sure continue to follow up with them and support them to make sure that they're they're leading their teams well, just like you described? And when you have a great team leader, everything rises. If you have a bad team leader, everybody jumps ship. Yeah, and, and I think uh, you know as I was thinking about our last episode when we were talking about the self leader. A good team leader is also involved in the cr- recruiting. So right. you know, as, a, as a department leader, organizational leader, if you're doing a good job of raising up a team leader, you have built-in recruiting That's recruiters. Right. That would right. probably be a better way to say that. A built-in recruiter. Right. That's right. right? Um, who's, man, they're passionate about the team. They're passionate about getting those those areas filled that need to be immediately addressed. And uh, they're 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 out helping make that happen there because they're they have ownership. They're not being they don't have a renter mentality. They have an ownership mentality that right. says, "Man, uh, man, we want to see the, this this ministry really serve at its optimum." Uh, and uh, and man, I, I'm out because I'm I'm vestedly interested in seeing this thing work really well for the kingdom and for the overall purpose of what we're doing. Yeah. So it it just goes to uh, think about. You know, who do you have in these team lead roles right now? Are they functioning this way? Maybe you need to just tweak it. Maybe you need to be coaching. Maybe they need to listen to this podcast and say, hey, listen to this podcast. Let's talk about it. That'd be a great thing for you to do with your team leads. How well are you engaging them, shepherding them, investing in, in your team spiritually? Are you making sure you're not doing the work for them, that you're organizing it so that they can do their work with joy, uh, anticipating what the problems are? Are you being a good team leader? Uh, that that is where you probably need to begin. And then as you're looking for more team leaders, you're saying, okay, what volunteers really could kind of surface, right? That we could put in there or maybe pair them up with a good team leader and what, let them observe for a period of time and then let them go on their own. So uh, this is really the work of ministry. You know, sometimes I'll talk to guys and go, well, you know, I don't, I don't want to do all this kind of stuff because I just want to do the ministry. And I'm like, hello, uh, this is the ministry. Right. This is it. This, right. this is what we're doing. We're working, we're, we're empowering, we're equipping, the saints for the work of ministry, right? And so uh, helping recruit and train and develop a great team leaders is a big, big part of that. And Jesus really is our premier example of how yeah, to do that. Absolutely. And I think he had a, a certain set of things that he was really trying to do in order to develop these kind of leaders. In fact, I think you've identified, again, about five areas that he did really well. So what, what's the first one that Jesus did is he was really trying to develop a team leader? Yeah, one of the things Jesus really did well, I mean, he was just so good at this, was casting vision for his team. I think about it in uh, Matthew 4, 18 and 19, when he walks along the Sea of Galilee and he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You know, most of the people think that that was the first time Jesus ever met these people. Of course, we know that Jesus had met them a year and a half earlier, um, and, and they've been following and fishing, following and fishing, you know, uh, for about a year and a half. But now Jesus was calling them to a higher level of commitment. And so this idea of follow me and I will make you fishers of men, and that's just a creative way to say that, right? They they were uh, they were fishing for fish, but it, he was basically saying, you've got more to offer. You know, you are made for more. And Jesus had a way of casting a bigger picture. Uh, and so I think that... Um, 
if you want to develop uh, great team leaders, uh, you need to be sure you're constantly casting vision to them and, and in turn helping them cast great vision to their team. Hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we're about. This is why this matters. And uh, constantly keeping the big picture in front of them so they don't get discouraged by only looking at the little task in front of them. Yeah, it's so good. And I think vision casting, again, super important. And it's a, a skill uh, to you know be developed, but they, they do need to have that vision. W- what's the second thing? Yeah, the second thing Jesus did was he led his team to engage with people. And uh, this is found in Luke chapter four and five. And we, uh, Dan Spader is the one that taught us this years ago that in Ch- Luke four and five, Jesus leads his team out on these uh, fishing, what we call fishing trips. He just said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He leads them out in these fishing trips where they are engaging with people and they're seeing miraculous things happen. And uh, so here is Jesus as a team leader, right, at this point, casting vision and then leading them to do this task in such a way that they see God at work. And I think that a great team leader needs to lead their their team and engaging with people. So in other words, you're not abdicating. Like if I'm if I'm the coffee team lead guy, I'm not saying, okay, I'm gonna go over here and eat this donut. All right, y'all go get the coffee. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Right. You know, or I or I'm I'm gonna sit back and y'all handle the babies and I'm gonna go do watch get on my phone and scroll through social media. No, no, I man, I'm engaged and we're we're doing this together and I'm kind of coaching and celebrating when they do things well. Um I remember Glenn when uh, uh, one time I took my my phone to the the uh, Apple Store right, and so I'm sitting here. You know, it's got to go to the to the Genius Bar, <laughs> and so <laughs> I don't know how smart you have to be to be on the Genius Bar, but well, if you, I, I mean, honestly, let's be. I, I need a genius to help me with my phone because I don't always know how to make it work. Right, so, yeah, I can't yeah. do anything. Right. And uh, so I'm sitting here talking to this this girl that is helping me. She's probably in her mid twenties, and I'm like, man, I bet it's really you know, hard to, to know how this stuff works. She goes, no, not really. And I'm like, really? okay, I feel old now. But I said, so how did you even get in this? She goes, well, I, I saw online that they were looking for somebody. So I, I went to a one-day training. And I'm like, that's it? Just one-day training? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. I'm like, wow, that seems like a lot. Then what happened? Well, then then I they put me in a store and they put me next to a trainer. And the trainer had the blue shirt and lanyard on and I just came in my regular street clothes and I just followed them for a while. And then, and I listened in on every conversation. And then at some point they said, okay, it's time for me to put on the blue shirt and lanyard. And if my trainer put on their street clothes and then he kind of followed me and listened in and kind of coached me in between. And then pretty soon I was really able to be a trainer then as well. And I just thought, you know, that's exactly how Jesus did it. You know, Jesus was modeling. He was there engaging with them while they're with the people, coaching in between conversations. That's what a great team leader does. Mm. He's engaged with the team in ministering to people, coaching in between, uh, casting vision, helping them be incredibly successful, cheering them with the wins. That's what that whole Luke 4 and 5 was all about. About. Yeah, so good. So you, you have those two and casting vision and, you know, 
engaging uh, his team with people and they're seeing that happen. Uh, the third thing you say is that Jesus challenges his team to go deep in prayer and God's word. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, what do you mean by that? Uh, well, you, you just see this in, in Mark 1, 35 through 39. I mean, uh, now they're engaging with people, right? He's in the mix with all these people. The crowds are growing and then they get up in the morning, they can't find Jesus. You know, where's where's Jesus? And he's off privately before the sun comes up in prayer, uh, hearing from his father and then kind of redirecting, hey, we need to go over here. We need to go over there. And uh, he's modeling for them prayer. He's modeling uh, for them spirit dependence. He's modeling for them being obedient to the word. And so, man, that's a great challenge for team leaders. Are you modeling with your team uh, to pray over certain situations, uh, to hear from God's word? Sometimes this is as simple as, hey, um, team leader, you need to huddle your team Right before everybody gets there, share something out of your quiet time so that you're modeling for them, that you're in the word, praying for them. If there's a crisis, if there's trouble, if there's a conflict in your group, you're holding them up, praying together for God to give direction. Man, that is just so different than just allowing those volunteers to kind of be on their own. You're really shepherding and modeling for them what it looks like to take your problems and your cares and your concerns to the Lord. And that will go well beyond just the work they do at the church. That will go well into how they deal with problems at home and in their jobs and so on. Yeah, that's really good too. So uh, this fourth one is to encourage, you know, Jesus encouraged his team to take steps of faith. Yeah, yeah. We see that in Luke 5 where uh, Jesus tells Peter in the midst of this whole uh, flurry of activity, he's with his team. They're engaging with people. He's modeling prayer for them. He challenges Peter uh, to push off. You know the story in Luke 5 where he pushes off and says, uh, uh, push off and throw out your, your nets for catch. I'm like, Jesus, you know, <laughs> that happens at night, doesn't happen in the morning. Uh, we know that story, but Peter is obedient. He takes a step of faith, and that's when this miraculous catch happens. And, of course, Glenn, you and I have had many conversations about what we really think is going on there mm-hmm. in Peter's heart and life. And he just needed to to be – that's often called the second call of Peter. Mm-hmm. But, but Jesus challenges them to take steps of faith. And I'm just wondering, you know, as a team leader, how can you challenge your team to take steps of faith? Maybe it's within the context of the ministry. You know, maybe it's taking a step of faith to step up into a, a next leadership role. You know, it could be something like that. Or, you know what? It could be you just take your team off campus one Saturday and you hand out uh, you know, a meal in a homeless shelter and challenge them to share their faith. You know, mm. that doesn't have anything to do immediately with with their uh, with their job at the church, their volunteerism at the church, but it is stretching them spiritually. And just think if you had a team leader that cared about me, you know, was stretching me and growing me uh, beyond just what I do at the church, how much... Uh, how how much better I would feel about my own spiritual growth and my contribution. And so Jesus did this really well, constantly stretching his team to take steps of faith. And then this last one is that Jesus really cultivated his team with a shepherd heart for people. Um, You know, we don't want to ever be so task focused that we don't, we're not people focused Mm. and I can be handing out coffee if I see that person looks like they've had a hard day, 
to say, hey, how can I be praying for you? You know, looking for these opportunities as a greeter or a coffee maker or people in the parking lot or whatever whatever areas you're ministering to, to as a team lead, model for them how to shepherd people well and be attuned to uh, the needs of people. Uh, in in Mark 3, we see this with Jesus. He goes in the synagogue and he sees a man with a shriveled hand and he calls the guy up and he's going to heal this, but he knows that he, that guy was really planted by the Pharisees to get him a, to do a miracle on the Sabbath. And Jesus said, you know, is it right to heal somebody on the Sabbath? And, and it says in this account that Jesus saw the hardness of their heart and it made him angry. I mean, think about that. You know, what is what does Jesus think about my heart when it's hard? Mm. And all of us can get a hard heart. Yep. You know, we can just get so focused on our, our minute detail that we we lose the shepherding heart for people. And Jesus had a shepherding heart for people. And if we're going to be more and more like Jesus, we got a team leads need to lead out in seeing that every person matters to God. Every person is important to the Lord. Every person's an image bearer and, and they deserve to be cared for well. Um, and these are some things that a team leader can really work on and develop in their team. And man, if, if every team leader did that, Glenn, wow, wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, absolutely. It'd be I, a game changer. It would change the whole culture of your church, not from the platform, no. but but in every team, now they're beginning to get this infectious uh, shepherding heart, you know, pursuing, growing, all that's happening from the bottom up, not from the top down. So many times as leaders, we think it's all, all the change is going to come from the top down. Right. When actually most sustainable change comes from the ground up. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I like this because again, it's just real practical. You know, what are some skill sets that as I'm going to be developing a, a, a team leader? What are these skill sets? These important skill sets. They got to be a good vision caster. They we got to give them a skill set to how to really engage people uh, at at a, at a high level. Uh, that they you know that they have a skill to to be in God's word and to pray and and that they're because you don't want their their doing to. Supersede their being, right? That's exactly, and, and, right. and being present with God, and then you want to make sure they're taking, you know, how to take steps of faith and to stretch, uh, and the, you know, to stretch their faith as well as really have that that shepherd's heart uh, for for people, um, because it at the end of the day, you know that 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 matters a whole lot that really we shepherd does. people well. So again, I hope this has been a, a, a great conversation. Uh, Craig, thanks again for joining me on, uh, on this podcast. Again, I want to encourage you if you're, you know, if this is stimulating something inside of you, I want to encourage you to, to go online. You can go to disciplefirst.com and get the, get the book, the disciple making leader, or you can go on Amazon and order it off Amazon as well. Uh, again, that's the disciple making leader by Craig Etheridge. And uh, again, Craig, thanks for being here and, studio and uh, look forward to our, our our next episode as we continue this conversation about making disciple-making leaders. Thank you for listening to the Disciple-Making Leader podcast brought to you by Disciple First. We hope today's episode has been both helpful and challenging in your journey to becoming a disciple-making leader. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button to make sure you hear the next episode. And if you have a moment, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, keep making Jesus the model for your life and ministry.